All right, I'm gonna give this crowd a B minus, maybe a B, on the response to the introduction at Mass today. Most of you were good with and with your spirit, and I don't know, a significant number were confused still. What did he say? That's not what he's supposed to say. Much better than last night, though, because this is a competition. They were lost. <laughs> About three people. So it's not the greeting I normally use at Mass, but some of you also caught on that I used that today because of the second reading. Uh, that's where that greeting comes from. In fact, there's not much else in the second reading today. Pretty much all you get is, hello, Corinthians, it's me, Paul. That's it. It was just the introduction to the letter. But we heard the words that we say at Mass, perhaps I don't say them enough, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Every time this comes up, I'm reminded I should probably use that option for the greeting at Mass more often, but it's also kind of fun to see everyone confused every now and then. <laughs> Just when you think the Catholics have it all figured out and we know the script, we switch it up on you. An even better reminder, though, is that the prayers and words of the Mass are the prayers and words of the Scriptures. It's a reminder, especially when we have something different come up, that, oh, where did this come from? Why would we say that? And that everything that we say at Mass is rooted in the Word of God, is rooted in the Scriptures. We do, at our Catholic liturgies, have a good chunk of the scriptures read to us um, at every liturgy. We have an Old Testament reading, a psalm, a New Testament reading, a gospel. That's, that's a good portion of scripture in each service. But that's not all of the scripture in the liturgy. We don't just listen to the scriptures. We don't just hear the word. We live the scriptures. The scriptures come alive for us. They're not just stories about the past, but they're something that are happening to us right here in the, in the present. About 2,000 years ago, God's minister said to a portion of his people, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And today, in this place, God's minister said to a portion of God's people, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a simple example, but the entire liturgy of the Mass is full of the scriptures coming alive. A couple weeks ago, we read about the angels appearing to the shepherds at the birth of Christ. And they sang, glory to God in the highest. And what do we do at every Mass, every Sunday as we gather? The words of the angels come alive for us. Glory to God in the highest. In fact, we're so used to singing the glory to God, those words of the angels every Sunday, that when we do it on Christmas to make it special, we have to make Gloria last about 15 or 16 syllables. The scriptures come alive for us at the Mass. We live them out. And that's true of our gospel reading today. The particular episode with John the Baptist that's recalled in the gospel is also lived by you and I today and at each Mass. 
So let's get a little context here for where we are in the story. Today's uh, passage from the Gospel of John occurs sometime shortly after the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan. We see that towards the center of this passage. John says, or it says, John testified further saying, I saw the spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. When did that happen? When he baptized Jesus in the Jordan. The dove came down, rested and remained upon him. The voice of the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So John has just witnessed this. We're just after the baptism of the Lord. And also, in our own living of the liturgy, we're just after the baptism of the Lord. We just celebrated that feast on Monday of this past week. Usually it would have been last Sunday, but that got bumped by Epiphany, and it's all confusing, and I don't know why. But on Monday this year, we did the baptism of the Lord. And now here we are, just a short time later, and we're picking up the story in real time. I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, on whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. So as Jesus comes walking closer to John and John's disciples, John's followers, John the Baptist turns to them and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And also, at today's Mass. In, well, depending on how long this goes, in 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, um, I don't have a script here, uh, but you will see, with the eyes of faith, the Holy Spirit come down upon the gifts of bread and wine on the altar the Holy Spirit will descend to transform them, as you'll hear in the prayer, into the body and blood of Jesus, the Son of God. And then not long after that, not long after you witness with the eyes of faith the descent of the Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus, God's minister, not John the Baptist, but Jeff the Walker, will say, <laughs> Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. That these are not only words that were spoken 2,000 years ago to the followers of John the Baptist, who became the followers of Jesus Christ, but they're words that are spoken to you today. That here at Mass, we live and experience the Scriptures real time. Now, next week, we're going to be out of the Gospel of John. So we don't get to hear, at least next week, what comes next after this passage. But this is the first chapter of John, 29 to 34. And starting with verse 35, we pick up on the next day. So here they have this little encounter with Jesus. John says to his disciples, behold the Lamb of God. This is the one I've been talking about, this is the one we've been waiting for, this is the one you're looking for. There he is. The next day they're going to see Jesus again. It says the next day they saw Jesus coming 
towards them, and John said, Behold the Lamb of God. He repeats himself. And then the two disciples that are with him the next day, two disciples of John the Baptist, leave John the Baptist. And they go to Jesus and they say, Master, where are you staying? What are you doing? Where are you going? What's happening? And he says, come and see. And they went and saw. They left John the Baptist to follow Jesus. The next passage is John saying, behold the Lamb of God, what are you still doing here? (laughs) You were with me for a time just until we found him. He's the one you've been waiting for. He's the one you've been looking for. Behold the Lamb of God, go. And they went. As I said, in a few moments, I'll hold up the Holy Eucharist and say the words of John the Baptist. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And shortly afterwards, I too will repeat myself, though not in the same words this time. A few moments after that, instead of saying, behold the Lamb of God, it will sound much more like the body of Christ, the blood of Christ. It's the same thing. Behold, the Lamb of God. Here he is, the one you've been waiting for, the one you've been looking for, the promised Messiah, the Savior, the one who can save you. What are you still doing here? Holy Communion is not merely an event that happens at Mass, but it's the scriptures come alive in a very real way. And much like the next passage from the Gospel of John, it's an invitation for all of us who approach Holy Communion. Will you follow? It's an invitation to follow the Lord, to come and see. And then promptly after that, you're going to (laughs) go. Again, the liturgy is a little more formal than my everyday conversation. So at the end of Mass, I will not say, what are you still doing here? But the deacon will say, go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your lives. But the Mass has ended, go in peace. What are you still doing here? Go and see what the Lord has planned for you. And it might look to a casual observer on Thurston Street that you're walking out of this church after Mass on your own power. But for those of us with faith, for those of us for whom Holy Communion is an encounter with the Lamb of God, we understand that we're not walking out of the church under our own power, but we're being led from within by the Lord whom we have received that he is spiritually pulling us out of church and back out into the world. Will you follow him? Will you go? That's the question that's implicit in John the Baptist's repetition when he says the next day, behold the Lamb of God, now what are you going to do? That's the question that's implicit when the minister of Holy Communion says the body of Christ or the blood of Christ. 
The question implicit there is, what are you going to do about that? And hidden in your response of amen is more scripture. Psalm, I think it's 109. I'm not going to get the book out. You can look it up. The responsorial psalm that we sang today. Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will. Sometimes in the liturgy, we don't like to translate things. Every now and then, we do the Kyrie, because we like a little Greek. And amen is one of those words where we don't like to translate it. We keep it in Hebrew. But if we were to translate amen into English, a perfectly legitimate translation is, here I am, Lord. I'm ready. So as you come up to Holy Communion, the implicit question is, behold the Lamb of God, what are you going to do about it? And if you say amen, you agree to follow the Lord, what you're going to do about it is give your life to him. Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will. You don't want anything else. That's what we heard in the psalm. Sacrifice, oblation. You don't want bulls and goats and sheep anymore. Instead, here I am. Those were the words of Abraham when he was called by God. God said, go out from your land. Go to a place that I'll show you. I'll tell you about it when we get there. Will you follow? And Abraham says, amen. Ready. Here I am. Let's go. All perfectly legitimate translations. It's what Samuel said when he heard the call of God in the middle of the night. Samuel, Samuel. And he responds, amen. He says, yes, Lord, here I am. Ready. Let's go. Every reception of Holy Communion is a repetition of the invitation to follow Jesus wherever he wants you to go, to do whatever he wants you to do. The call of Abraham, what Abraham did when he followed the Lord, was very different from what Samuel did when he followed the Lord. The call and response of Samuel was different from the call and response of the two apostles of John the Baptist. St. Peter's call and response was different from St. Thomas's. Thomas's was different from Mary Magdalene's. Mary Magdalene's call was different from St. Augustine's. St. Augustine's call was different than St. Perpetua and St. Felicity. Perpetua and Felicity's call was different from Catherine of Siena. Catherine's call was different than John Paul II. And John Paul's call was different than yours and mine. The call is different. The adventure is unique, but the invitation is the same. Will you go? Come and see. As the scriptures come alive for us today, as we meet in the flesh, 
the same Jesus whom we read about in the flesh. Let us take as our model the holy saints and patriarchs of our faith. Let us take as our model for response the disciples of John the Baptist, whom we read about in the Gospels. And when God's minister says to you, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Behold the Lamb of God, the body of Christ, the blood of Christ. How will you respond to that invitation? Amen. Ready. Let's go. Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will.